On this episode of Unleashed Cast, Dan and I talk about Microsoft's growth, digital transformation blockers, and a certain event that's happening on the 25th and 26th of May in Las Vegas. Yes, this is HR Tech and Transformation Focus number three, and this is Unleashed Cast. Let's get to the conversation. Here it is. It's HR Tech and Transformation Focus number three. I'm joined once again by senior journalist, our HR tech lead, Dan Richardson. Dan, how are you and how's your week been? Very well, thank you. Um, feel very lucky to have had a four-day week on, on this side. It makes them all go a little bit sweeter. How about yourself? Yeah, likewise. Um, I, I went to an event yesterday. We'll talk more about that in context uh, later on. But yeah, it's been it's been a good week. I mean, pretty much everything that we do, we, we're living and breathing Las Vegas at the moment, you know. Yeah. And we're going to talk about that later as well. Um, but it's been a good week and we're going to have many more of those coming up. We're here to talk about a couple of stories from the world of HR tech. Where should we start? Should we start with Microsoft? Yeah, that's, I think Microsoft's a good intro. I think it, it touches on some things that, uh, well, some topics that we cover quite a lot. For those who haven't read this story, first of all, how dare you spend more time on Unleash website, please. Um but this one was basically that Microsoft's earnings have gone up by 49.4 billion year on year. To contextualize that, that's Twitter and then some, if you were if you were in the market. I think what's surprising, or maybe not surprising, but your attention kind of gets drawn away with, oh, they've bought Activision Blizzard. You know, that's the big money maker when it's actually an investment for, you know, for later on down the line. And it's really interesting that they're office sort of offerings and their business offerings is actually what's making them the the bulk of of their money and that's kind of split up into two parts one side's the lmd stuff so right up your street john and the other side is cloud i actually think the the lmd stuff's really interesting just because we've got we never think about this maybe you do john but i always think of linkedin as a separate entity to, to Microsoft. So then you've got LinkedIn Learning absolutely crushing it. That's why I, that's my professional terminology for it. It's uh I think it's it's over it's definitely over 15% growth. Uh, I just checked now it's 34% growth in a year, 34. So yeah, they're they're absolutely making gains there. And it's similar case with cloud services. I think it makes a lot of sense because everyone wants to be more agile, more flexible, um, basically have quicker access to services now that we do hybrid remote and everything else. I know some people are going back to the offices. Um, so yeah, that that was one where it wasn't so much of a surprise, but it's good to see a lot of the stuff we talk about with uh, cloud stuff is, is really actually coming to fruition. I think uh, there's a lot, we talk to a lot of leaders and sometimes it can kind of sound you get um, the best way of putting it is carried away. You're like, oh, well, this is happening now. Everyone's shifted to the cloud. Everyone's doing this and everything's instant and everyone knows how their employees experience their tech. Um, so it's basically good to see that uh, we're on our way, but I don't speak for any companies in case there's a, an angry employee listening. He's going, well, my cloud services don't work for me at all. But in general, you know, that's where the investment's being made. To, to, to add to that, like you say, the kind of the more... F- customer facing or or at least 
media-facing uh, acquisitions such as Activision Blizzard are the things that people are maybe going to focus on. But as you say, and the same goes for thing for, for companies such as Amazon, where most of their revenue or a lot of their revenue comes from AWS, which is a slightly less exciting element or arm of, of their business. The same with Microsoft. It's, the, it's a lot of the things that behind the scenes that are oiling the gears of how we work now that are actually the big revenue drivers. And and again, like you say, I, I always forget that LinkedIn is a Microsoft property. And LinkedIn Learning, obviously a video first learning platform is hugely popular. Um, it works really well. It's got a great brand it's got a real depth real deep library of content so the, those are all things that make it um definitely one of the biggest players in the market and you can see that from the growth that it's had but yeah, yeah. again as you say if you if we were to look at rival operating systems or hardware uh say apple versus microsoft i've traditionally had a lot of uh, apple products but microsoft i think has seen the benefits of being more flexible and being an open platform and that's why it's experiencing this ridiculous growth you know um yeah. it's it's very much going to be a part of our future, you know. I think it's uh, safe to predict that. I'd say. Yeah, I, I as if it was in any doubt, Microsoft isn't going anywhere. I, I think if I was Apple, I'd be the more nervous of the two. But if I was either of the two, I wouldn't be very nervous about my place in business going forward. Safe to say. Yeah, exactly. Let's move on to uh, the next story, which is about digital transformation. Uh, really, really interesting. Slightly concerning, but interesting nevertheless, um, research by Workday. And you wrote a story about the top barriers to digital transformation. Some of them are quite well-worn and things we've heard before. It doesn't make them any less important or interesting, but it's definitely things that we've heard before. Unfortunately, these are persisting. Uh, Dan, tell us about a bit about this story. Yeah, I, I remember when I joined a tech startup, I had a manager who said, nobody willingly does a digital transformation. They're always in pain. And I think about that a lot when we, we look at transformations. I think the pandemic gave us like a, a little bit of a, a speed up and more of a willingness to just try things and give it a go. Um, and Workday really found that in 2020, they have 77% of managers saying we're, we're happy to fail fast, you know, and, and be agile in that sense and restart and look at new projects. Um, and that's fallen to 53% in the last year. So you can already start to see that people said, oh, I feel like we've done a lot. Can we slow it down? The issue with that is, is expectations are increasing. And the companies and the managers are saying, well, we can't keep up with the rate of transformation, but it's definitely needed slash wanted. So it's a real tricky one to balance because obviously transformations cost money. They require effort. And um, pain doesn't just go away. It usually persists for some time until you, you reach the, the happy place uh, that's been foretold by your, your local software salesman. So, yeah, it's, it's a really interesting time because I think over the pandemic, we've got used to a lot of things, which is, you know, fast digital transformation, working from home, remote work. And I, I think what work they really found is maybe these, these kind of changes won't last forever, despite our best hopes. And I think everybody, every HR leader, you know, wants continued backing for innovation. Um, I think it's just making sure that business leaders align with that is the real trick. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a fairly extensive survey. It was 1,150 senior business leaders, uh, I think globally, or is it just America? Across the world, yeah. yeah. So that's a good sample size. Uh, the, the concerning stats for me, 
I think you mentioned one of them already, but 55% of respondents saying that digital strategy, their digital strategy is outpaced by the needs of the business. That echoes almost identically something I heard at this event I was at yesterday where I was in a session about immersive learning and the, the potential of VR and AR. The speaker put a quote up on the screen that said, if the changes outside the business are moving faster than the changes inside the business, then you're going to fail. And so that's kind of encapsulating exactly what that said there. The other one being uh, from the other end of the piece, from the from the the, the kind of the roundup was about fifty percent saying employee experience is the most important factor in driving change. It's quite nice to tie something that's sort of transformation business transformationally focused to uh, the people in the company. I think that's quite important. Yeah, and I think that's been a huge shift. Maybe one that will stay after the pandemic, contrary to the the other stuff, is really a value on what employee experience is and how we do it properly. It feels like it was really just a nice to have for a very long time, for the best part of the last decade, because there were startups coming up and um, succeeding and, and failing in that sort of space. I think now if you're a software company or if, if you're a business you are looking at employee experiences really up there at the top of your priorities. It's um, we've covered it before on um, yeah. HR Tech Focus. I have no doubt that we'll cover it again. But it's time to wrap up and talk about twenty fifth, twenty sixth of May. Lots of previews Ooh. happening, but it's good to uh, look at Unleash America in the different sort of prisms of the pillars that we use to kind of publish our content. Uh, Kate and I have already talked a little bit about learning. We're going to talk a bit more about. HR Tech, you published an interview with one of the speakers at the event, uh, Raju Vijay from Nissan. Raju's a, a, a great guy, so it was great to have him on, really. Um, before Unleash America, I think, basically, if you're going, be sure to check him out on the agenda, make some time. He's going to have some great stuff about employee experience, uh, customer surveys, surveys. And I think the bigger thing that really struck me, because sometimes we forget about it, is the, you know, enterprises that really manage not only office workers but uh frontline workers as well um and that that's really i think a challenge that we're kind of increasingly acknowledging but it's also a challenge for businesses that's really tricky because you just don't have the same materials in front of you by materials i mean laptops um or, or whatever you use to fill out a survey and, and, and give feedback that a business can use um, and that extends even even further um, when I think about like the stuff we've done with Meta in the past when we've spoken to them, they they were saying, you know, we want mobile phones to really be a way that people can connect, understand their shift patterns, stuff like that, because otherwise we're working on Excel spreadsheets or like printed off forms, which is not, not to knock it, but if you can, you know, centralize it. And I think everyone in HR says this, oh, if we can centralize all our systems and make them easily accessible, um, then that's a great way to go. Um, in terms of this piece specifically, we were talking about benchmarking, um, making sure shared services work for everyone, um, and also doing mini milestones. I think that's a really important point that he made. It was not just like, we're going to benchmark and we're going to give the best employee experience since... I don't know, name the biggest tech company in the world. It's we're here. These are the benchmarks and we're, and we're going to, you know, look at also trends in our industry and basically make realistic tar targets as we get to where we want to be as a group. I thought that was really interesting. Um, 
it's good to hear as well. I think there's nothing worse than like, we don't want to hear people promise the world because it's very difficult to do. And I, th I think that's going to anger your employees more if you say, listen, you're going to live in a new virtual reality tomorrow and everything's going to be perfect. You're going to be pretty disappointed when you're still booting up your laptop and, uh, <laughs> and it's not working, you know? Yeah, I think that's important. It's a good point um, to take these things little by little and bit by bit how do you eat an elephant yeah. one bite at a time and all that it's important so yeah i mean we've got uh we've got some amazing speakers you know wh where do we start tyson foods brown university s p global uber maybe should have led with them huh. coca-cola uh l'oreal bolt we've already published a piece from jennifer christine novartis uh when i guess nick my uh, interview with him is going up next week um so much and uh, so much to see it's uh, we, we're going to be out and about if we're not in sessions, we'll be running about. Hopefully, maybe at some point we can grab a coffee and uh, and and relax. But it's going to be a, a, a really good event. And judging by the kind of the mood of the industry uh, that I've seen recently, very recently in the last few days, the appetite for events is very, very large. It's going to be great. Good. I, I can't wait personally. I think Vegas. What, what a location and our, our speaker list. It's been great for us to do the pre-interviews and I'm like, these companies are great. So there's going to be a whole lot more. Okay, Dan, uh, pleasure as always. Thank you so much for a quick roundup of uh, HR Tech Focus. The next time we do this may well be at the event itself, but otherwise, I'll speak to you all next time. Thanks, John. Bye.